on a previous episode of Hooked on Sports. This Raiders roster is not trustworthy to win in 2022. Given that they had a hard time running the football behind a below-average offensive line, which Mike Mayock gutted last offseason, and that they have areas of need on the defense. And in other words, the Raiders need to inject the, the, the roster with, with, with some much-needed fresh talent. The Raiders need help at wide receiver, the offensive line, the interior defensive line, linebacker, cornerback. They, they, they have multiple deficiencies on the roster that, that they need to address. And, and, and so it would behoove the Raiders to stockpile draft picks. So if I'm Dave Ziegler, you need to, you need to establish yourself some draft capital for the future. And, and, the, and the best way to do that, in my mind, is trading to, to, to start a quarterback. Derek Carr and Hello everybody and welcome to Hooked on Sports episode 190. My name is John Flynn. Thank you so very much for listening in once again to the podcast and remember before you continue on this podcast and we got a lot to do today concerning things around the National Football League and Major League Baseball and college football today make sure you subscribe and, f- and follow on apple podcast and spotify or wherever you get your podcasting streaming services because with it, we've got a lot of excellent content on there you can also follow the podcast on twitter and on instagram at hooked underscore on sports we put up a lot of neat neat graphics f- uh, for uh, th- throughout the course of the past week of course uh, a, t- a takes I had with the Raiders last week, and if you if you listen if you listen to the first part of this podcast, uh, that take about the Raiders was back in March, and to, and to no surprise, the Ra- uh, and to and to um, v- validate that take, the Raiders have the worst record of the NFL. They're the only team that started the season zero and three this season. So, so uh, of course, the Raiders lost to the Titans. Told you the Titans were going to take care of business and and take down the Raiders. I had a lot of upsets from from last from last week's segment that that came through. The Saints beat the Panthers. Uh, I mean, excuse me. The um, excuse me. The the Panthers defeated the Saints. I told you the Jaguars were going to take down the Chargers. The uh, the Trevor Lawrence coming out game. Uh, I, I told you the Titans were going to get their first win because they had the better coach and the better defense. I had the Atlanta Falcons uh, upsetting the Seattle Seahawks. Told you the Broncos were going to beat the 49ers. So I had a really good week at the office uh, with, with, with all things being considered and, and how tough uh, uh, how tough these games were to pick. But I'm kind of compelled to start uh, the, the, the podcast by t- talking about the Dolphins beating the Bills and the Packers beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the, the, the Miami Dolphins are 3-0, and and they, they, just, uh, they just beat a division rival at home uh, the, the, and with a, a division rival that's deemed to be the Super Bowl favorite. And it, 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 the, the, the Bills had so many opportunities to, uh, to win that game. I mean, I mean the, the, the botched uh, situational handling, the, the situational play calling, the situational clock management. That's the biggest year, but on the 2022 Buffalo Bills. The biggest year, but 
of the 2022 Bills is Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott, uh, who, 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 give him credit for establishing the culture, uh, the seriousness, the attitude. But the, the, the Bills need brains uh, in, in situational games in the worst in the worst possible way. Yeah, and that's exactly how uh, how they, they only had the three seed last year instead of the one seed that they, they that they lost one possession games all around. You look at the Jacksonville loss last year. You look at the the uh, the, the Monday night loss to to the Patriots um, in December last year and the wind. And remember the Patriots only threw the ball three times in that game. Uh, and then, then of course, 13 seconds left against the Chiefs. So the Bills, Bills fans will never get over that. And then, then we saw the latest example on uh, on um, uh, on Sunday against the Dolphins that that jo- Josh Allen si- needs uh, 63 pass attempts, 400 yards, two touchdowns, 47 yards rushing, and it, it was clear. That he was exhausted after the game. I mean, did did you see those images of Tua consoling him after after the game? Because it, he was so exhausted after this game. So, um, it it, it, was, it was a game in the heat. It was uh, it was ninety degrees for, for most of the game. And 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 credit the Dolphins for for finding ways to to win those games. Now. Does now Tua left the game into the concussion protocol, but for some reason he was allowed in. That uh, that Jalen Waddle caught the go-ahead touchdown in the fourth in the fourth quarter. The Bills had a, uh, had a chance to come back. They had they um they had they had to kick a field goal, and then they got a safety on a butt punt uh by, by Miami, which was wild. And and then it gave it gave the Bills a chance uh, to uh, to to win the game, but Isaiah McKenzie needed to run out of bounds. If you had to go backwards, you you could do that because the because the, the Bills weren't able to uh, to to uh, to clock the ball or snap it uh, before before the time ran out, and and that that is a, a tough loss for the Bills, but. But they they threw everything at, at the Dolphins, and and the Dolphins responded gamely, and and, and the Dolphins create created those takeaways. I mean the, the the strip sack fumble early in the first half that that led to a touchdown. So which which I which which at that point I felt the game was was gonna was gonna feel different. So uh, because the Dolphins were, were gonna be into that, but look. This was going to be a competitive game, no matter what, because the, the, these were um, the, the two best teams in the AFC, bar none, go, going into that game. And, and the fact that the, the, the Dolphins are 3-0 and under Mike McDaniel, under a rookie head coach, speaks volumes about the culture that he's getting his players to buy into. So, that is a sensational, sensational win by, by the Dolphins for... For for everything we've we've documented, the second game I wanted uh, to discuss early on is the Green Bay Packers defeating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in in, in a defensive slop fest at, at Raymond James Stadium. So, um, 
I I thought that that was a big time win for the Green Bay Packers because uh, because because Tom Brady has has beaten Aaron Rodgers in in so many di- uh, di- different areas. I mean, the twenty twenty regular season, the NFC Championship game in twenty uh, in twenty twenty, and I think Aaron Rodgers had ha- had a lot uh, had a lot of motivation going into that because uh, because Aaron if Aaron Rodgers. Is it coming off back-to-back MVPs? Coming off a nice-looking win against the Bears on on Sunday night last week. So, but but the Packers needed to make a big statement, and 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 the, and the Packers defense, which did not play well at all week one against Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell, the Minnesota Vikings. I, I and look, I I know Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were not available. I know Rob Gronkowski. Uh, is 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 out is is isn't walking into that locker room in, in Tampa. I thought that was a fantastic performance by by that defense. Now, so they 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 surrendered the go ahead touchdown, but they they got the stop on the two point conversion uh, with 14 seconds left to 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 what one that winning that game. And then Aaron Rodgers had a had a, a engineered a couple of nice looking touchdown drives in the first half. He got Aaron Jones involved. He got AJ Dillon involved. The offensive line, I thought, did a good job run blocking and keeping the ball away from Tom Brady. So, and this is where the Packers, in my mind, are are, are why I think they're they're going to wind up representing the NFC in the Super Bowl. Now, I think the Eagles are better. I think the um, the have been better. So, but I I still think the Packers are are going to are going to find a way to, to win or to win a lot of games with that defense. Uh, through um, through through uh, uh, all the reasons I documented preseason about how I loved the, the, the how I loved the approach in the draft and when it came to their defense when it when it came to uh, fulfilling all the requisite needs of defense uh, th- throughout the course of uh, of the of the off season and even though Devontae Adams is not walking into that room but Aaron Rodgers is with. With his nifty fifty million dollar salary, so but I I, I think the, the the Packers showed exactly why I I, I picked them preseason to win the Super Bowl. So uh, so uh, all, all all that is is in line there. On the flip side, what the hell was that? What when it came to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? What the hell was that? I mean, the the offense was atrocious. I mean, the the offensive line sucked. The receivers sucked. It it, it was a sucky performance by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And and and, and credit Green Bay obviously, which which I just which which I just did. So, but but the 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 time management and the and the situational football was was bad. It was bad. I mean, the Tampa just go goes in, scores a touchdown. They have 14 seconds left. They they have to go for two to tie the game and send the game into overtime. And they call and, and they get called for a delay of game. I mean, that is unacceptable in, in, in a lot of areas. That's illegal in most states. And and the, and the fact that that Todd Bowles, uh. uh, uh uh, come, comes in, and 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 they couldn't get a playoff. I mean that that's on coaching, and that's also on Tom Brady too. I mean the the I mean t- taking the Wednesdays off for, for so for uh, for body maintenance. Oh 
oh, oh, good, oh, good. I mean, they, it, 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 Tom Brady looked like uh, looked like he was forty five instead he uh, instead of being twenty five on on uh, on Sunday afternoon at, at the at Ray J. Uh, uh, I mean that that. That he wasn't in sync with his receivers. He and uh, know the injuries, but but still, is that it's something that Tom Brady's done before in in his career. We uh because back back when that they they lost Wes Welker and Danny Woodhead and all of those that that one year and Aaron Hernandez. So but but you you, you still gotta get a playoff. I mean I mean the goes uh. It's a t uh, being at the two yard line is a lot easier than being at the seven yard line because because of the playbook and of course uh, uh, the uh, the Bucks and and Byron Leftwich we're gonna, we're gonna call a, a a pass play in that situation so that that so um that's a very bad loss for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and and now when it comes to being uh, having the tiebreakers at the end Green Bay is 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 gonna ha is gonna have to say over Tampa because of the head to head. So, so that was an enormous game uh, that I think is going to come back and beat Tampa, uh, and bite Tampa in the ass when, when, it, when it comes to uh, when, it, when it comes to uh, the playoff seedings and the playoff picture and and, and look, looking at all the the scenarios uh, come December or January. So that's a really bad loss for the Tampa Buccaneers. But I, I, I'm but I'm also compelled. And I know I talked about a couple of games. On on the docket with Miami and Tampa, through through three weeks in the NFL, the best team in the NFL, bar none, is the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles absolutely cooked on on Sunday against against the Washington Commanders, and that and Jalen Hurts was completely dominant for for the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday. He, I mean, he threw for two hundred seventy nine yards in the first half. He threw for 279 yards in the first half. That, and and Jalen Hurts was out there kicking ass, taking names, finished with 340 yards passing, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, a quarterback rating of 85.9, 123.5 passer rating. Devontae Smith had his best game as a pro, eight catches, 169 yards, and a touchdown. A.J. Brown had five catches for 85 yards and a touchdown. Uh, they they accumulated 400 total yards of offense, in which Jalen Hurts uh, was responsible for 360 of them, and and they, they outgained Washington uh, 400 to 240. Um, so so they they were they were completely dominant through, through the air. The the defense was outstanding. They sacked Carson Wentz nine times, um, and um. And, and Wentz never really got it going, um, uh, offensively. 211 yards, uh, a quarterback rating of 11.4. But but now the Philadelphia Eagles are three and zero. They are one of three unbeaten's in the NFL. Uh, as of month, as of recording this podcast, alongside the Miami Dolphins and their division rival, New York Football Giants. They are fourth and with 28.7 points per game, so they have accumulated 447 yards per game on offense, which ranks first. They rank two. Are they? They've only allowed 296.7 yards per game, which ranks fifth. 
They have the number two pass offense. They have the number three rush offense. They lead the NFL in sacks. They have a plus 36 point differential. They have a plus four point a turnover differential. That that is that is a recipe for success for for the NFL. Now I I think the Eagles are 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 are, are, are defensively are are a little bit worse than I think Green Bay, but but not terribly far off, but. These are the, these are the types of ingredients uh, that, that that you need to see from a team when when you want if if your team wants to be in the conversation to go to the Super Bowl, and that's exactly what the Philadelphia Eagles are. And you you can make a, uh, you can make a case that they right now, I know I know the Rams are are, are, are the Rams. I know the 49ers lost uh, uh, and and they're trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo back up and running again. So, but the biggest threat to the uh, to the Packers in the in the NFC right now is the Philadelphia Eagles, and 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 they they are a team that you wouldn't be surprised if if they have to go up to Lambeau and take down the Packers because uh, because uh, because of the roster around them and Harry Roseman did a phenomenal job with with everything he did with with the offseason, with the draft with the trade of AJ Brown, and every everything came roses here. For Harry Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles on on Sunday. Also, another thing, the MVP of the first three weeks of the season is the guy I picked preseason for league MVP, and that's my guy, Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens. What a dramatic, dominant performance! Again, by my guy, Lamar Jackson, eighteen or twenty-nine passing, three hundred twenty-five total yards. Five touchdowns uh, he was responsible for uh, in, term, in terms of passing and rushing. And, and the Ravens completely dominated the New England Patriots 37-26 to on Sunday. And, 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 and look, Lamar Jackson it, it, it entered the season with something to prove. And, and he already has a league MVP under his belt. And I, I give Lamar Jackson a lot, a lot of credit. For for how he he's handling this, but instead in, in, instead of moaning and groaning, he's just kicking ass and and taking names. So that so that was an incredible story from uh, from from Sunday. We also need need to look at as at a, at a couple of things concerning the 49ers and the Broncos. And the uh, listen. The the 49ers were, were 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 I thought uh outplayed the Broncos for three quarters. I mean, offensively, defense uh defensively, they never uh, let Russell Wilson and, and that offense get anything going. So, but but the fact the Broncos won that game with with, with how they did, the way the defense uh, uh played well enough to give their guys a chance to win that game, and for Russell Wilson to engineer a drive in the fourth quarter. Uh, was sa- saving his strength for for the very end, a- a- and allowing uh, the, the the offensive line to work in the end. I thought the the way uh, the the Broncos won that game is significant because that th- th- this was the type of game where if 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 Vic Fangio was coaching this team, if uh if John Fox was coaching this game, th- this is the type of game. Where the Broncos just simply uh, roll over and play dead. So, but um, but um, but there's there's still a, a lot of cleaning up to do. Obviously, with 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 the offense because the the offense is the thing that's right now holding them back from 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 being a real a real legit Super Bowl contender. 
So, but, but the Broncos faced a team that had an incredible roster, and, and, and they won that game. Now, the 49ers did not receive pleasant news today as, as, as the premier left tackle in football, Trent Williams, suffered a high ankle sprain in the loss on Monday night, and he is going to miss four to six weeks. And if, if you haven't been paying attention to the San Francisco 49ers, this is a really, really, really big deal. Trent Williams is coming off maybe the greatest season a left tackle has ever had. And and he he's turned into one of the very best at that position. It's coming off a career year. When you look at the um, uh, the, the stats that people don't always talk about with, with the pressures allowed, the sacks allowed, the quarterback hits allowed. He was the premier tackle uh, on, on that front last year, and, and he enabled so much of, of what, what, what was going on with D. Bill Samuel and Elijah Mitchell and Jimmy Garoppolo uh, to go off. But m m missing four to six weeks. And let's take a look at San Francisco's schedule uh, for the month of October because this is rather significant. They're, they're home next Monday night against the Rams. They're at Carolina, at Atlanta, home versus Kansas City, uh, on the road against the Rams, and then their bye week. So th this is going to be a huge test for San Francisco start starting next week, uh, go going in there without their left tackle or without the, the, their blindside blocker. In, in Trent Williams, so there, I I I think there is a huge amount of concern for the 49ers, who by the way are one and two, and by the way, uh, lost one of their quarterbacks to a season-ending injury. Oh, and by the way, now they're without their their star left tackle. That the, 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 there are going to be games where the 49ers where the 49ers are going to have to win ugly, and, and but especially uh, the the games against the Rams. That 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 are going to be uh the the lynch point test of the entire season basically because because uh, the the Rams are their big are the biggest competition to San Francisco in the division obviously because the Rams just won the Super Bowl and the and the Rams are well are, are the Rams they played better yesterday on Sunday against Arizona so but but, but if 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 this offense can't function without their star left tackle this this team is dead on arrival so. So that's going to be a huge thing to look at here for a San Francisco perspective. Alrighty then, let let's go go over a couple of topics from Major League Baseball. So, so basically, a lot of things have been decided uh, in in terms of the division winners. So we have the Yankees with the win tonight in Toronto are assured of the AL East crown. The Cleveland Guardians, they clinched the AL Central yesterday when when the White Sox lost at home to the Detroit Tigers. The, the Guardians uh, had a 7.5% chance by by some standards to win uh, their division, and they got the job done this year. And, and te Terry Francona is going to be the American League Manager of the Year. He has done an exceptional job with, with, with the talent that they have with so with Ahmed Rosario, Andres Jimenez, Stephen Kwan, um, so their their pitching has been really good. They have a a, a veteran, a, a reliable veteran, and Jose Ramirez who has 115 runs batted in, 
and, and that's a fantastic story. And, and let's not disregard the Cleveland Guardians in any capacity whatsoever. The Guardians can, can beat anybody uh, with, with, with the way they've been playing, the way they're hitting. And and the the and the, they are not an easy team to strike out whatsoever. They have a great approach at the plate. The Cleveland Guardians are a team you have to watch, watch and watch out for uh, come October. So the Astros are assured of winning the uh, the AL West, and and they're going to lock up the one seed sooner rather than later. Uh, in the AL West, in the National League, the Dodgers have wrapped up the number one seed in the National League. They are at 106 wins. So, uh, the Cardinals are on their way to another division crown. So, uh, me, and meanwhile, the only things that haven't been decided yet are the National League East and and the wild card situations in both leagues. So, the Mets enter today, enter today, a game and a half ahead of the Atlanta Braves of the National League East. And uh, so each team has the same schedule that the Mets have, the Marlins and the Nationals left, and a huge three-game series with the Braves that's currently scheduled to be in Atlanta, but the weather forecasts do not look good. So there is a real possibility that that series will be uh, relocated, whether it's in Miami, the, the, the part of Florida that's not impacted by Hurricane Ian, or they, or they could look at Big D because uh, the Texas Rangers are on the road. But so, but we 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 wonder aloud though because the Cowboys are home right right across the street from from the new stadium. Uh, on uh, on uh, on Sunday, so, uh, but but the, that game is scheduled uh, for for seven twenty on ESPN. So I would have to imagine that the game's going to be relocated to either Dallas. Or, or or Miami, so I I we'll we'll see how that goes. But regardless, there it, it there are seven hundred and eighty series uh, this, this season in Major League Baseball. This one is the most important series of the Major League Baseball season regular season, and it it's going to mean everything, especially uh, f- uh for the winner of that division, and and uh, it's going to be a gigantic series for the Mets, and uh, with. Uh, with them being a game and a half out on on the Braves, but uh, but luckily for the Mets, so their three best starting pitchers are uh, lined up to fi- uh, to pitch those three games, with Chris Bassett going on Friday, Jacob Degrom, and then Max Scherzer. The Mets actually needs uh, some improvement from Jacob Degrom, which is crazy to think because he has the, been the best in the entire in, in the entire sport the last five years. But Jacob Degrom has had three uh, three non quality starts uh, in his in his last three starts, and and none more none of them more alarming than the one on Saturday in Oakland, where he gave up four runs in the very first inning, and he was missing with his pitches, and that that that, that should be a concerning point because. Now because because the the idea with with building a, a championship caliber team is to have Max Scherzer and Jacob Degrom be Scherzer and Degrom and and if, and if if neither one can be can be themselves then this team is dead on arrival. So so so, you, so we need to see something special from Degrom in his last regular season start before the playoffs. So and so and. and 
in terms of the wild cards, uh, as it stands right now, we have um, the the Padres, the Phillies, and the Brewers uh, duking it out for the final for the final two spots. So the so the the went the, the between the Mets and Braves, whoever does not win the division will will come out as the wild card. Um, but uh, the Padres are a game and a half up on Philadelphia. The Phillies are a game and a half up on Milwaukee. So the Phillies have ten games left, all on the road, and they they've got three with the Cubs at Wrigley. They have four on the road in Washington, and then three on the road against the Astros, so who who will have locked everything up by the time they got there. The Padres, they're they're home against uh they're they're home against the Dodgers starting tomorrow. The Dodgers already have the one seed. Uh, locked up in, in the uh, in in the NL, so they they've got the Padres, they got the White Sox and the Giants left. While the Brewers have eight games left, they're all at home. It's two with the Cardinals starting tomorrow, and then three with the Marlins and three with the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, uh, to round out the regular season. So it's going to be those three teams uh, that are, they're going to duke it out for the final two playoff spots. In the National League, in the American League, the the, the big the big question is uh, is uh, is the seedings in the wild cards. So so Toronto right now is two and a half up on Tampa for the number one spot. Tampa's a half game up on Seattle for the second spot. Seattle's currently the third wild card, and then Baltimore is the only legit competition left. They are four back with seven with. Um, with, with with ten games to play, so uh, it's it's going to be a fascinating turn of events for for, for there. Also, Aaron Judge is at sixty home runs. Uh, he had his sixtieth home run on Tuesday, but none since. And then Albert Pujols. I I think Albert Pujols is someone that we, that we need to discuss because obviously there, there was so much excitement uh, in St. Louis uh, at spring training when when he came out. With Adam Wainwright and Yadi Molina, and I think it's time for us to admit that Albert Pujols is one of the ten greatest players in baseball history, and the greatest Latino player ever. And and I, I'm going to give you some all-time ranks here when it comes to Pujols. He has 700 home runs, which is fourth all-time, 2208 RBIs, which is third on the list, and two behind, uh, six behind the great Babe Ruth. He has 3,378 hits, which is 10th all-time, and has 6,195 total bases, which is 2nd all-time. And all those are the most among players with 3 MVPs and 2 titles. And, and, the, the, and the players who have 3 MVP, league MVPs and 2 World Series championships are Jimmy Fox, Stan Musial, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, and Yogi Berra. Those are the only six players in baseball history that that, that have the, have those numbers, and Pujols ha- has the best numbers, uh, best career numbers of all of them. And if, if it wasn't for COVID, Pujols would have been hitting 715 by now, passing Babe Ruth, which which you all remember if you were from the 70s, how yeah, how big of a deal it was when Henry Aaron first broke Babe Ruth's record. In 1974, with with the 715th home run off Al Downing, so but 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 Albert Pujols 
is uh, is uh, you, you you could look at Clemente, you could look at Pedro, you could look at Cepeda, you could look at Aparicio, but the greatest Latino baseball player in the history of, of baseball is Albert Pujols, and that that is something uh, worth celebrating. So so a couple more. Uh, uh, let's go through some topics in college football. So I, I want to look at at some some of the big, the big games um, f- from week four that I think that that, that are worth uh, discussing. I, I I think the most significant loss uh, uh, that any team faced, uh, any team suffered, was the was the loss that Arkansas suffered against Texas A and M. Arkansas uh, has had it going on. Sam Pittman, they had a golden opportunity to make a gigantic statement on the road uh, against Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M team, and Arkansas came out of the gates rolling. So they were they were up fourteen nothing at one point. So but and by KJ Jefferson throws a mind uh, a mind numbing mistake. Uh, Texas A&M returns it for uh returns for a touchdown. It gets them. It gets them into the game. Then, then A and M goes up, and then Arkansas's kicker hits the top of the upright, and 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 it was deemed to be no good, and it, it was a devastating loss for Arkansas on the heels of of what what's to come on Saturday when they, when they welcome in Alabama. So this was now Arkansas has one loss. I don't think they're going to beat Bama. They're going to be a two-loss team, and and or, there were people that tapped Arkansas to be a Cinderella team, and I expect them to be excellent, and I expect them to win ten games. So, uh, but but I thought the the, the big challenge for Arkansas was uh, the the stretch which featured A and M and Bama. If they went one and one in that, that they would have had a fantastic opportunity. Uh, to, to, uh, to maybe compete in the SEC championship and maybe earn a spot in the college football playoff, but that's that's not going to be the case. I, I regret this year. Other other things that 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 that, that um that drew my eye. How about the way Clemson was able to come back against uh against Wake Forest and uh, Clemson was up early. That that Wake Forest uh uh. Where I was put on a, a put on a clinic off, offensively, and then Clemson was able to come back and 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 win that game. So it was fifty one forty five, a double overtime final, and and that that was an important win from Clemson, which which now sets up a college game day duel with with oh, with um the conference rival NC State on Saturday. College game day is going to be there. And it's it's going to be, it's going to be a, a spectacle at Death Valley. There, USC made a statement uh, overcoming Oregon State's physicality. They defeated Oregon State by three points on on Saturday. I think that that's that to me was a big deal. And then Kansas is four zero. They they took down Duke. Uh, by a score of 35 to 27, Jalen Daniels had had a huge day: 324 yards passing, 83 rushing, and and Tennessee was able to uh, was able to uh, to hold off Anthony Richardson and the Florida Gators, 38-33. Hendon Hooker had a had a really strong day for 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 the Vols. So I think th- those were the most important things uh, uh, that I I I took away from. 
from the weekend that was in college football. And that's going to do it for this edition of Hooked on Sports. My name is John Flynn saying so long. We'll be back here on the podcast on Wednesday for week four of the NFL. So until then, have a wonderful day, everybody, and so long.